Welcome to our Ted Lasso Talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. Okay, welcome back, beautiful people. Today we are exploring Ted Lasso Season 2, Episode 10. No weddings and a funeral. This is Part 6. Uh, I am your host, Coach Castleton. With me, as always, is Coach Bishop. I am here for the sheep. I am here for the muggles. I am here for the twats. I love that you... um, (laughs) I love... Okay, so uh, first of all, let's say hi to our our boss, Emily Chambers. We got to talk about shoes. Got to talk some more about shoes. Okay, so so we're we're going (laughs) to... That would be fine. That's a quote from from the show. But uh, while we were in the off season, um, uh, it, it uh, I, I became uh, very aware that some of my positions on shoes uh, are open to very simple um, uh, misinterpretation, or that I had come off in a way that was elitist and looking down my nose at people who wear uh, work shoes. Um, boss made me aware of this uh, via uh, murder pigeon. And um, I'm still, I still bear the, the scars of it. Um, the, 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 we could talk all, all, I don't know how long we will talk about this. Um, I'm open to, we, it's important. So we should discuss it. I loved the line. Uh, that Jamie said because specifically because of the third part, the twats. Um, and I did, I gave short shrift to the first two parts and it, it's p- the potential to ruffle feathers was very clear because I was like, Oh, I hate my, I remember questioning uh, my dad wearing dress shoes. And I was like, why the fuck would anybody do that? And it's a luxury for people to not have to do that. Um, and so boss uh, took, took me uh Round the round behind the woodshed and um, and and learned me up, and um, I I want to say that um, I'm sorry if I if I offended anyone um, if my take was uh, uh, was um, what's what's the word Just misinformed and rude. I, my whole thing was I everybody knows who listens to the show. I come at this from the perspective of. You know, I wish I could just give everybody a pair of comfortable shoes. That was that's like that's what I was going for with like, oh, I love this line. I wish nobody has to, had to wear uh, crappy shoes. Uh, but there is a chance that the way that it was perceived and that way that I said it was um, was um, not uh, sort of you know in the spirit of of thoughtfulness and, and consideration and um, and I take uh, ownership for. Uh, for sort of be, sounding like an elitist douche, and I, I apologize for that. So, one that was far more uh, sincere and conciliatory than I thought would be our starting point. So now I, I just feel like you ruined all the fun. But okay, that's fine. <laughs> perfectly, perfectly good opportunity to act like an asshole, and you just ruined it. So thanks. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, 
I thought about it though because I re I re I listened again because I knew we were going to talk about this some more, and I thought it actually did strike me as a. I enjoyed listening to it, so for me it was a fascinating conversation, even experiencing it again. And I I I think what I think what happened there, and I think it may it may be interesting to look at for some other moments in the show. It felt as I listened like there was a point there you were invested in. And the point you were invested in is it's stupid that we make each other ourselves, whatever it is, blah, 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 society, whatever, wear these uncomfortable shoes that no one actually enjoys wearing. And that's yes. Yes. Amen. Like period. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's not what Jamie said. Jamie said the people who wear this, are dummies essentially now i think the reason i i i highlight it is i think there are other points in the show if we see it as those who get it and those who get it as a binary it's like well jamie couldn't possibly mean that because he gets it now but sometimes it's continuum of you know quote unquote get it which frankly i think we're all on on some level so I think there are other places where we are, we've had uh, uh, issues around what a character did that could be really us th- feeling like, oh no, you're in the get it column now, but you're acting like you don't get it. And I guess that's, I think that's important to acknowledge that sometimes we get, we get part or we get it over here, but we don't see it over there or whatever. So I think, I think Jamie is better than he was. He's a wee guy now in terms of the team and he's being elitist, like both things. And I think we've sometimes when we discuss the characters, people in general, but certainly characters in this show, it's the the folks who get it and are doing the good and who we now love and the folks who don't get it and who we hate. But I'm not sure that it really breaks down that simply. I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, also with uh, uh, coming in very sincere, that takes all the wind out of my, how am I supposed to be a bitch if everybody's sincerely wanting to talk and improve? It's fine. Um, I'm actually going to back up a step though, Castleton, and say what you said was, or you agreed with coach saying what you want is to give everybody a pair of comfortable shoes because nobody wants to wear uncomfortable shoes. So what I'm going to ask is, why did you care what shoes your father wore? Why didn't I care? What well, you you individually. You, oh, why I, did you care? I lifted them up and I was like, they were, they weighed 400 pounds each. And I was like, why would you do this to yourself? Like that is why there's you a better choice. There's them. a better choice. Mm-hmm. Hold up. Hold up. Yeah. That is why you didn't want to wear them. Why did you care that your dad was wearing them? Why was that something that you felt you needed to weigh in on? Um, uh, well, I guess because I love my dad and I didn't want him to be uncomfortable if he didn't need to be. And he's not the kind of person, uh, like I know now, uh, having an autistic child that he was autistic, he was on the spectrum. He probably didn't know like other shoes existed. Like, or, or like, for example, he would, he had been buying the same type brand of shoe every year since 1960, whatever. Right. And mm-hmm. because it never occurred to him like, oh, maybe I should, maybe they have this style of shoe but it was it would be in a much more you know like a newer newer materials lighter fabric whatever like and that would never he would be like i go to this store i buy that shoe it's this size and he would never think of it so i was like oh it's same same way he used to 
Boss used to cut himself shaving all the time because he used the crappiest possible razor. I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off because this is very far away from my point. Okay, yeah. What you are talking about is you wanted your father to understand that your judgment about shoes is superior to his judgment about shoes. You wanted him to know that there were better shoes out there and you could show him these better shoes. You wanted him to not be wearing the shoes that he was wearing because you didn't like those shoes. I, I think I think you're attributing a couple. Th- I understand the point you're trying to make, but I think like I think you're attributing like there was there's zero level of superiority there. It's just like, hey man, do you even know that? Because you're saying my my judgment on shoes is superior. I think my judgment on shoes was more more um, up to date. Probably is what, but it's not not. Does that make it better? If it's more up to date, would that make it, it not, not like morally, I'm not saying that you thought I am going to heaven and he is going to hell because I wear these shoes and he wears those. I'm saying that if you say my information is more up to date, wouldn't that be more accurate and therefore better than the information he has? My, my goal is to inform him and then he gets to make the decision. Once I did inform him, he didn't care. So he kept wearing those shoes. So it's like, okay. And I didn't look down on him for it. It's like, okay, now he knows that's it. Like now he knows that there, you know, I said, Hey, there's other they have this type of shoe, but it's much more comfortable. And he's like, okay. And then didn't care. And so it's like, okay, I dropped it. But, but I don't want to have to wear those shoes for myself. Sure. Yeah. But I I would like people to be, to get the, whatever they want. Okay. If if that means that they have comfortable shoes, it means if they have uncomfortable, whatever. But in my experience, I can only go from my experience. uh, I have enjoyed wearing comfortable shoes more than uncomfortable shoes. That's it. And that feels great. And if other people, say, I don't mind giving up a little bit of comfort in order to be more stylish. Do you think that's okay? Or do you think, well, that guy's a twat? Oh, oh now we're digging into the twats? Okay. I think now we should dig into the twats a little bit. All I, phrasing. Right, guys. Phrasing. Come right. on. Yeah, I, 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 was trying to, I was trying to sit over here and let this happen, but we're not going to go dig into the twats and just let that float by. I think... You cannot like something. You can like something, you do more. But if it's like I said, okay, if I, if, and I think here I'm, I'd be in an interesting group to say this in, if I said, unlike the hard-hearted people who hate Ted Lasso, or unlike the, worse, unlike the assholes, like it's not even hard-hearted, which would kind of like speak to some sort of whatever, unlike the assholes who don't like Ted Lasso, it's like, well, okay, hold on. Like, you love the show, but I mean... Everybody has to love the show. It doesn't mean that everybody who doesn't love the show is an asshole. But he takes those extra steps. And instead of asshole, he uses three things that are lower in context. There's no context in which you say to me, Orlando, you are among the sheep in this situation. I don't give a fuck what we're talking about, where I'm going to take that as like a neutral statement. You're calling me a stupid follower. Yeah, and I think that actually your point, your point about that is actually a, a really good segue to talk about some of the fan reaction, especially on like Twitter and stuff, where there were some Ted Lasso, there would be somebody would tweet something about, I do not understand why people Ted La- love Ted Lasso. I watched it. The second season is trash. I don't understand. So people's response sometimes would be, if you could watch the show and like it, you would understand what Ted Lasso is trying to teach you, but you can't because you don't have a soul. 
like the first half, I'm like, oh, that makes like maybe if you if you liked the show, you would like it. It is then that sort of step into the second half of this where you're like, and because you don't like this thing, I am making a judgment about your morality and who you are as a person. And that is the part that always gets me. If I showed up wearing, I don't know, jeans and a t-shirt to a formal dinner, I wouldn't want people saying like, oh, well, she's lazy. She's slovenly. She doesn't care. I would want them to think like she isn't that concerned with getting dressed up for this. That is a different opinion than if I showed up with a Confederate flag t-shirt. Like there are some things where what you are getting from people. That's really well done. Like there, there are, there are not just straight out rules about this stuff that if you wear this, this means this about you. Or if you do this, this means this about you. But there are definitely times where we say, if you don't like the band I love, that's because you're a shitty person. If you don't like this TV show, that's because you don't have a heart. If you wear these shoes, that's because you care more about vanity than comfort. And that means that you're a twat. Like, I want us to examine when no. we just... Yeah, yeah. No, no. You no, finish, that, finish that. No, I want us to examine... I, I want us to examine what we are judging when we judge people, if we want to say judging. Like, what the criteria is and how often that is valid and how often we are putting our own personal experiences onto what we believe other people must be doing that. Like if I see somebody wearing a pair of uncomfortable shoes and I hate wearing uncomfortable shoes, am I thinking that person has a different pain tolerance than I do? Or am I thinking Mm. that stupid motherfucker doesn't even know that you could be wearing comfortable shoes? Like which one of those am I going to be thinking? Which one of those sounds like me, by the way? Like which one of those like sounds like me? I think that what sounds like you is, oh, that poor person has no idea that comfortable shoes exist. If it was I my should... dad, yes. No, no, I don't even. But, that's the whole thing. If someone wants to wear stiletto heels, that's that's fine. That's that's a choice. I just want people to have the option. I'm saying it when society says, oh, you have to wear X, Y, or Z for in order if if you want to make money and exist in the capitalist society and be accepted, you have to wear this, whatever, fill in the blank. That's that bums me out because I'm like, oh, what if they what? You never know. Someone could have bone spurs. They could have bad knees. Like It's like, shoot, I wish they didn't have to wear combat boots or work boots or you know what I mean? Or whatever, like whatever the thing is that is exacerbating the situation. I would like them to have an alternative. It, it goes back to the help economy thing, goes back to the thing. If they want that choice, I want them to have it. I th- I One of the things I like about this conversation is I think. It's so easy to do that the, the, the kind of judgment we're talking about, I think is like really easy to fall into. And I, I just think it's interesting that it came up in the way that it came up. Um, I was thinking, as I was listening, I was, I, I was thinking about Dr. Sharon and I thought this too, um, to some degree, I thought it was funny again, like whatever, but with her and the closing of the door and the sort of like not waving back to Ted and all these things that precede what we're about to, to, you know, to, or what we just walked through with him. Right. And on the one hand, you could be like, well, what's, what's that about? Like, there's no need to be rude, but I was listening and I thought actually if she had engaged Ted Lasso she never would have gotten to know Ted Lasso. Yes. 
And and basically what she what she did was like, I'm not here for your shtick, man. So like when you're ready to have like a real conversation, sure, but I'm not here for like the performance. Uh, yes. So yeah. is that rude or is that real? Or is it both? I think that the, like what I would say is that she was being real, obviously. I, but I, I would acknowledge that she could be considered rude, but I wouldn't mind it. I feel like that would be fine. I think um, what it reminds me a little of is uh, I don't know the name of the Taylor Swift song. I'm sorry. I know like three of her songs and this isn't one of them, but there's a line about uh, uh, she wears short shorts. I wear sneakers. She's cheer captain and I'm in the bleachers. And when Taylor wrote this, when she was 17, she probably did mean some sort of judgment about it by like, she's a girly girl, she's a cheerleader, and I'm sort of nerdy and quiet. And later somebody rewrote that as, uh, she wears short shorts, I wear t-shirts, both of us are representing our womanhood in our own way, and we're good with both of that, which is obviously supposed to be a joke, but that's like, it's sort of the development that a lot of people I think miss taking where if somebody's doing something differently from you, if they're doing it in a way that is different from you, you can notice that that could inform your opinion of them, but you don't necessarily need to make judgments about them as a person. And the segment, Jamie definitely was doing that. And then some of the things that you said, Castleton, I don't think that you meant it in a bad way. I think that you think I would like everybody to be comfortable, but I think you drew some conclusions good or bad about the kinds of people who do wear those shirts, wears those shoes. You, you drew conclusions one way or another, right? Even if they were it, positive. By the way, um, that is from you belong with me. Thank you. That's the song. I just knew that off the top of my head because I'm a Taylor Swift exp- expert. No, I Googled it. But, well, but that, see, I know that you're lying to us right now because you would have referred to yourself as a Swifty. A Swifty. That's right. Oh, damn it. I blew it. I blew it. I'm a Taylor Swift bandwagoner. Uh, nope, nope. <laughs> try, try again. No, try again, right? Again, in an attempt to be curious and not judgmental, we have to do, we have to do that in our own lives. We have to say, okay, listen, what what? It, let's do the deep dive into what I was thinking, or what was behind my enjoyment of that line. What was whatever? And then uh, it takes a true friend to first of all, you know, call you out on it, and then take the time to to walk through it with you. So I, I have nothing but respect uh, for the time and the effort and, um, and, and, you know, everything that's gone into sort of clarifying this, this moment, because I think it's easy to, to, for, at least it was easy for me to, I had no understanding of how that line would land. If you know what I mean? To somebody who w- wasn't in my shoes, wasn't, Somebody just like was like, uh, oh yeah, I hate that. I hate shitty shoes. Boom. Oh, there you go. Oh, Wasn't in your shitty shoes. Oh, there, there we go. There we go. So I, I <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, I, I do think there's value in if we're saying be. I love the way you landed there because be curious, not judgmental. I think it's almost like becoming better. I don't. Th- I don't know yeah. that there's an endpoint. Yes. And and in a way, like. Even Ted, as much as we view him as like our absolute North Star of curious but not judgmental, like in many ways he exhibits that he judges when first coaches. Why? Like that is actually the objective. Uh, that is yeah. why you were fucking hired. 
Like now yes, that's not how yes, I coach. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, when I say, yes. oh, loving them is part of the job and coach, you say to be actually, that's not part of the job. That's how you do the job. I laugh about that all the time because you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. Right. But, but, you know, so we all, so I guess my point is that we all can slip into it. I think it's really easy to slip into it, but if we can be mindful of it, like I actually, maybe the, the traffic example keeps coming up for me. Cause that's a place where I've been like practicing some of this stuff. And it is reflex of all reflexes. If somebody cuts me off or does something else that I don't like, asshole, selfish, this, that, like what, like Maybe they were listening to the TED cast and got distracted. Like, how the fuck do I know? <laughs> but, like, I've made all sorts of judgments about this person and like wishing them the words. Like, oh my God. So I think we just, I think just remaining ever mindful of it is, yeah. uh, is the real key. It, it, absolutely. I agree with both of you. And also, uh, Castleton, uh, I would like to say thank you for allowing us to have this discussion. I know it's not easy yes. and I know that yes. it's like, emotionally difficult to be like, well, I didn't mean to say that. I should yeah. have said, I meant yeah. it this way. And like trying yeah. to go through those steps. I think um, in, re- it, so I don't know if everybody could tell this, but I am a white lady. I've only mentioned seeing the national 17 times in concert. So maybe you picked up on that. <laughs> but like after uh, the women's march in 2017 for Trump, there were a lot of women in color. I like on the interwebs and on Twitter and everywhere else saying like, okay, ladies, you got your pink pussy hats and you went to the March. Now you need to know we have been doing this shit for a long time and you need to understand your uh, complacency in white supremacy. You need to get where we are because we've been here and we've been saying this shit. And so we need you to get on. With and I was like, well, that's not fair. I voted for Hillary. What did you want? I, t- mm-hmm. I went to the March. I did all the things I have. I have the Ruth Bader Ginsburg doll. I'm not sure what you want. And so it did, it took a while. And I was like, shit, I gotta, I gotta unpack this. I gotta be okay yep. with hearing criticism from this, from people on this thing that I considered myself to be good at and to be a strength for me. And this shit fucking just came up again last week with goddamn Barbie. Because it, in case this is years from now, uh, Greta Gerwig and Margot mm. Robbie both fail to get Oscar nominations for the movie Barbie. Uh, Greta Gerwig for directing and Margot Robbie for acting. And Threads, where I now am, was fucking pissed. I think rightfully pissed. I think it's a snub. I think it says something about patriarchy and I think that we should get into it. But there were a shit ton, again, women of color saying the color purple got one nomination. Like, why aren't we fucking showing up for Taraji P. Henson if we're going to show up for Margot Robbie like this? Like, we need to discuss this in a way that feels uncomfortable for white ladies in particular because we're like, no, we're feminists. We believe in this shit. But we didn't pay attention to uh, The Woman King when it came out with Viola Davis. Like, there are all these movies. We haven't fucking done the work and we haven't been paying attention. And we so, like... I do actually understand the, the how uncomfortable it is to address some of these things, especially when you feel like it is something you are good at. It is the thing that is good about you. And then you're like, shit, am I doing this not quite the right way? How do I get this figured out? It's difficult. It is the primary reason why I think of myself as an asshole 
Because the more that I'm like, oh, I'm going to fuck this up so bad. I'm going to do it wrong. I'm going to be an asshole. Then when somebody's like, hey, you fucked this up. I was like, well, all right. What I fuck up this time? Let's go. So it's practice. It's hard. It requires a lot of like making sure that you are staying in touch with all that stuff. Um, And I made you do it on a podcast. So thank you so much for letting us talk about this. Yeah. Agreed. Ditto. Yeah, the uh, the Barbie of it all is is fascinating. The um, oh my uh, fucking god! I I tend to be such a um, it ends up being a snub, uh, but I tend to be I, I you know if you know how the um, the sausage is made with those palettes mm-hmm. and things, I'm like oh it's just a sign of ignorance. It's just like a sign of you know whatever. Like I don't see it as as much of it. It ends up being a snub because it should have been like everybody should have been like yep 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 yep. Um, but I'm like, I always just think, God, there's so many misinformed. Sometimes we get so pissed off about one thing. And, and, and if you look and you're like, Oh God, like we just, we, we want to attribute it to like, there's this, this wave of patriarchy that refuses. Like they were like, hell no, not Barbie. Whereas like, it probably was something much dumber. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. well, if you look at the, 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 uh, the ballots and stuff. It's like, okay, what's the average age of the person in the academy yep. and have they even seen it? And and they're trying to be like, Oh no, I'm mindful of, I could not possibly do that. I'll let my peers who have seen Barbie vote for it's just all these different things. And you just go, okay, like it's probably just stupid. Um, but it's, it ends up totally on, on, on the side of what you're uh, pointing to uh, coach, like understanding even that the voting is, ranked voting which means that a b plus that most people agree is a b plus does a lot better than something that some people believe is an a and some people believe is an f and so i think that movie was called crash (laughs) (laughs) very very judgmental please Um, let's not get into crash not today okay even 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 we don't have enough time yeah no no listen right it's it's yeah yeah right <laughs> I, I feel like uh to 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 a certain type of person who may view themselves as like academy royalty uh barbie uh for for what it was and the intent of like what it ended up not even what it ended up being tonally was not a academy award type of move for you know what i'm saying for a certain subset mm-hmm. right, of people right. That it was not warhorse it was yeah right ex- right exactly yeah mm-hmm. exa- like that mm-hmm. thing whatever that is right and, and and i think it's just it's like this it's like when you when you there's a certain part of society where you're like okay yeah i know they're gonna watch a certain quote-unquote news channel all day long um and i'm like am i gonna educate am i gonna be able to educate no it's like we have to just wait them out and it feels like we're turning a page with the younger generation, but I feel like I don't have that strong of feelings on PBS, but I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> um, that was really good. Um, I well, there's two pieces, and actually, and this is a scary thought that uh, Mr. ADHD over here is going to do this part. But I actually do want to get to the Rebecca and her mom, oh, sure. which I've been staring at. But but but. I think it's really hard sometimes for us to realize how much 
we can be complicit and 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 have no awareness of it or no and to have taken no active steps like that's almost what the complicit piece is right but like that that and so yes it is correct that people vote oscars wise in all sorts of ways and i don't think anyone sits at home and says listen if we're going to do anything this year in march it, we're going to protect whiteness and 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 the patriarchy i i you know if i if that exists i would i would agree that that is de, de minimis probably but what and, i do and, think and it probably exists less in an artist's community maybe maybe not maybe well, I'm, sure, maybe i'm sure that's an image maybe. take but I would think, like, is that like, the, well, is that like really usually like a hotbed of? <laughs> I don't. Well, yeah. Tolerance? I mean, if you I get if you get Hollywood execs in a room and oil executives in a room and ask me which one of these groups would consciously do what I just said, I would pick the oil execs, and maybe that's my own judgmental stuff. But okay. But I but I think we can't account for the rest of it, right? So there's a whole thing of you know and or, you know. Um, teenage girls scream about boy bands and we're like, oh, how stupid. But teenage mm-hmm. boys might, and this is all very super binary gendered in presentation, but to make the point, s- teenage boys scream about their local basketball team. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, that's so, such passion, right? And so I think you could not intentionally be dinging Barbie but not take it as seriously, yes, in part because of the way it's presented and the humor of it and the music of it, but also because, frankly, it's fucking Barbie. Mm-hmm. And girls yeah. and women were more into it. Yes. So obviously it's not worthy of being taken as seriously. And I think you could think that or have that in you and have no awareness of it. Like you could think like, no, 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 yes. I just happen to like this movie more. Yes. There's so little about our preferences that's about what happens to, to be, be. Mm-hmm. but it, I mean, this is like when I might have mentioned it before, but um, uh, but God damn it, I am gonna miss it now. Uh, Beyonce song partition, uh, song partition, where she is talking explicitly about her and Jay Z having sex in the back of a limo on the way to someplace. It is wild and it is awesome, and I love it. It's one of my favorite songs, and fucking Ted Nugent on not PBS, yeah, another news channel we're not going to talk about, was saying something about how raunchy and vile and perverted it was that a grown woman was talking about having sex with her husband in a limo. As John Stewart said, that should be a Republican's wet dream. That should be a thing that they fucking love and are super into. And Ted goddamn Nugent, who, like, I think adopted a girl so that he could make her his wife essentially oh, no. like and, yeah no like Ew. like a full-on a full-on absolute creeper who wrote a bunch of songs about um catch a cat scratch fever or some shit like really gross shit he was like oh beyonce is too vulgar and i'm like no beyonce is not too vulgar beyonce is a thick beautiful black woman who was talking about having consensual sex and that creeps you out. That has nothing to do with her. That is your interpretation of it. Because we are a sexist, racist society. So we are registering that as being more sexual than it is. Man, she's just talking about how her husband thinks she's hot. And she is. She's fucking right. 
uh, a few years ago, the Academy, in an effort to, you know, get rid of this stigma of whiteness and maleness, uh, opened the floodgates and had their biggest recruiting thing. And I'm, I'm speaking anecdotally because I don't remember the, the details, but I know there was like a concerted effort to be like, mm-hmm. let's get women mm-hmm. and minorities and so let's like make this much more representative than it ever has been. And, um, and, and I think, I think they've done a, a, a much better job. Um, I don't give a shit about the Academy because in general, I think art award, like, like it's well, just yeah. a capitalist. Like, function. what do you mean best actor? Yeah. What are we talking about? You're pitting artists against each other. That makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, they should all, they should all win. And who can, if there's a, what's, what's winning anyway, it doesn't, it, it kind of grosses me out. But um, when you watch these, like how many times have we ever, uh, it's just talking points because like, Oh, like we, we can reference crash for example. And, uh, a lot of people will say Chicago, for example. Like, there's a certain a certain best picture winners where you go, like, well, what? what did they say about Chicago? Where are they? Send me an address. <laughs> I will go find them. Where did are you? they? That's okay. fantastic. So, oh, yeah. oh, oh, the movie Chicago. Never mind. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like the movie too, but that was funny. So, anyway, it ends up being something that's water cooler conversation. And, you know, really, really, who cares? Uh, at the end of the day, I tend to, if I'm going to watch any sort of awards, I tend to, you know, follow like, like a screen actors guild or something like that. Like people, when, when you're judged by an industry of your peers, that seems uh, more important to me. There was something I saw, um, the uh, Associated Press assistant coach of the year, which I didn't know was a thing. I just saw that for the first time in the NFL coach to see that like assistant coach of the year. And I was like, I didn't know that existed. Wow, well, that's really it's again, it's, the, it's it would be voted on by the AP, which makes it much less interesting to me. Right, but right, right, right. it's like if your co- fellow coaches are going, to, this is what the academy is. Academy members are our peers in in that industry. Um, but um, anyway, it, none of us ever agree with the academy. Out <laughs> like when no one's ever like they got it perfect, one hundred percent accuracy this year because it's so subjective. Uh, and instead, we should be looking at the films that are getting nominated and it looks like there's you know people are i remember once upon a time in this country um you couldn't make a film that was based in europe you could not do it because american audiences would reject it they're like i just don't care you could say if you say okay we're going to open in paris that's it end of story right away you get you get they'd shut you down in the pitch room because they say no american audiences don't watch that so they would say, likewise, uh, wait, subtitle. Even if you said, okay, we're going to have a character come in and speak French and we'll put subtitles, they'd be like, what? What are you talking about? Like, no, no, the movie was in English. We're going to actually speak English. But just this one guy, just to keep you know, the suspension of disbelief, like they don't speak the same language, that will make this thing possible, whatever you're pitching. They'd be like, no, no, no. They'd have to, they can, they can have an accent, like, but they have to speak. So, Anyway, I think we've come a long way when you look at some of the films that are being made. The fact sure. that Barbie had this fantastic response. Like, again, we can choose to um, – the snub is so – you know, the, 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 the Academy's quote-unquote snub, right, is, is, is in the news and it's whatever. But the thing I'm going to choose to remember was everybody dressing up in pink. Men and women. It's like, like it was an event. Nobody planned it. Nobody said – wear pink you know what i mean and then you'd go to mm-hmm. a, a showing a barbie and there'd be an ocean of pink and people mm-hmm. really getting into it and i don't remember it's been a long time it used to be 
Star Wars movies would what people would be dressed up for, or right, you know, very right, 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 very right, right. seldom do you get That's that sort of traction. Point. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was really wonderful, and it was a, a beautiful thing. And the the uh, the fact that certain Academy voters are either uh, you know clueless or uninformed or both or uh, completely miss the boat on a cultural phenomenon um, doesn't diminish uh, the beauty of that. No, totally, totally with you on it. I hadn't thought about the 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 dressing in pink, and just want to highlight that that's a really that's a that's an excellent point because I I wore a pink sweatshirt and I was not alone at all, like amongst the 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 male presenting individuals there as I work on my own stuff. Um, but yeah, like I was not in the least bit alone, and saw several what I assume were da- you know dad or uncle or whatever. Walking with walking in with girls wearing pink and I, it was it, you, you're right. Honestly, you said when was the last time? I don't know in my experience that there was a last time. Like I think you may have just identified for me the first time I'm aware of where in this country that societal like we're all gonna wear this thing that is clearly a nod to and a joining in on a, a women's cultural moment actually I, like I'm, I'm i'm actually like right now like going through it in my mind i'm like i i think yeah. that's a first for me yeah yeah I, I, and i i i don't put much stock in awards either i will remind everyone that uh the wire including michael k williams and better call saul have never won I any mean, emmy awards outrageous out. Not a single goddamn Outrageous. one. Outrageous. Um, so, but yes, they wear it like a badge of honor now because it's like so. Well, that's the thing. Right? I was going like, to say, yes, that's too, become a thing now. Right. We're, it, we're and now, good, like, right? yeah. It, yeah, now it's kind of like there are going to be shows that appeal to large segments of the population and they are going to be popular. Some of them are going to be great. Some of them are maybe not going to be things for me, and that's fine. I think Barbie was. Um, it, it actually reminded me a lot of when The Dark Knight came out and it didn't at the time it was only the top five for best, best picture and it didn't make it. And this was one of the times when people actually like lost their shit. They're like, how the fuck do you mean Dark Knight didn't make it? He flipped a semi in downtown Chicago. How do you not give him an award for that? And so they expanded the Best Picture nominations and now you could do like up to 10 or something. I'm not saying that Barbie is necessarily going to change it nor that it's going to mean that the Oscars mean anything to me next year. But I think society has an understanding of the Oscars themselves that is changing. The idea that award shows were initially meant as union busting mechanisms Which is, is becoming more and more popular. I can't stop thinking about you telling me that, by the way. It's fucking wild. I should post the article. It's fucking, it was in Teen Vogue. This, this is another thing that I love so much about it. That Teen Vogue. What? Vogue, exactly. Vogue, yeah. a magazine that had Amazing. been ridiculed for so long. Yes. And the teen version of that was yes. the one that was like, hey, motherfuckers, you're watching that award show because they hated unions. Listen, if I don't know if the if the revolution will be televised, but I can tell you this. There'll be an article about it in fucking Teen Vogue. They are not Absolutely fucking around over there. They are not. I'm like, wait, I, what? Like, they are I, not fucking around. When I say that you should get a subscription to Teen Vogue, I mean it it is fucking serious and they're doing some good work um 
So yes, like this is a changing conversation. We do not put the same sort of stock in movies the way that we necessarily have before. We definitely don't do it about actors and actresses. Like our understanding of the players have changed. Our understanding of the Oscars, Oscars actually being able to respond to some of these things and saying, we're going to bring in more members of color and women and younger and like trying to adjust. Moving on this, like actually making adjustments is not the most we could ask for, but something that I'm not going to ignore. Like if you are continuing to make progress towards something, even if it's slow, it's fucking better than sitting still. The one, yes, to everything you just said. And what I would add to it is there has to be a way, and some people find it, so I'm not saying it. There has to be a way to say we've made progress that doesn't require dismissing when someone points and says that part's not so great and seems like a vestige, right? So some of what I saw and I thought it was really unfair and kind of like a pitting, like the, 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 the oppression Olympics was, Oh, well, America Ferrara got uh, nominated. So what does she not count? Well, as a person of color, I guess I'll take some liberty here and go. Nobody was fucking talking about that. Oh, I'm so glad that's not you what anybody was I talking about. That. Now, yeah. I get, I get why that point is brought up, and yes, I think that is noteworthy, and I think it should be celebrated and all the things. But to say, how the fuck does Ryan Gosling get nominated and not Margot Robbie or Greta Gerwig? Like, we can debate that part, but that. The, there's something about saying, well, America got uh, nominated. That's like, well, how is that the point? Or it, it feels very, I used to say about America and racism that America's constant response to being told about racism throughout history has been, well, fine. Are you happy now? <laughs> and and I just feel like, Jesus, like, no, I'm not fucking happy. Like, am I happy I'm not a slave? Yeah. Do I feel like I should be able to drive from here to there without thinking this could be the last fucking thing I ever do? Also, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Holy shit. Yes. Jesus. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I feel like that was a bit, for me, that was my experience of that. Like, oh, so Greta, shut the fuck up, Greta. You're a supporting actress guy. I'm like, so? Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. That that makes me crazy. That what the note behind the note is what bothers me about the lack of a Greta Gerwig nomination because it's like first of all, a woman director has the same stupid fucking stigma behind it as black quarterback. You know yes. what I mean? Like it's, it's like that thing like yes. oh, you can't be yes. one of these and you're like yes. shit. So so it make, it makes me crazy um but when you're talking about directing, you're talking about the, the fact that it's the director's vision, and you're talking about the fact that the director is on set every day coaching the actors, and then the subtlety of each individual performance to make that particular final product, and she's not among the top. And again, who cares? Because right. at the end of the but, day, right. it doesn't matter. But she should be in that group. She should be at the head of that group based on what I watched. And so, but again... If it's not everybody, there's that there's that thing where where an actor takes a certain role and you're like, oh, they wanna they wanna get not this is their Oscar, right? And and you know what it is, and so it's like, oh, Oppenheimer, it's got all the bells and whistles, it's got, but you're like, you know, I'm not saying it's not a good movie, it, uh, that, uh, quite quite the the contrary, but but it, because one thing has historically 
been, you know, towed the line closer to what the expectation is for that award. And another thing comes along that rivals it from totally out of left field. That should be given uh, as much consideration as the first one. We should be in a place, at least among industry professionals, where that, you know, the fact that there's a, a new kid on the block doesn't mean that they're not worthy, you know, but by virtue of being new. Um, and I think it, it's, it's the, the woman director thing makes me, there's so, it's only because there aren't, they've never been given enough. It's, it's like when they say, also, uh, another example is black coaches in the, in, in the NFL where they had to make a rule. They call it the Rooney rule to say, like, if you're going to not, uh, uh, um, uh, interview for a coaching position, you have to interview a black candidate because teams just wouldn't do it. And and there's nothing like that comparably in the film industry because you say right, like it's just That's they don't point, women women way. don't have mm-hmm. enough uh, opportunity to be directed. There, what men are better directors inherently? No, that's insane. It's just that they that it, things are slow to change and when they're this slow in the face of this much talent and this much like authentic. Um, excellence that everybody witnessed and that also from a, in a capitalistic uh, uh, society paid off in silver dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Like people, mm-hmm. people voted with their checkbooks. You say, okay, you can't just whistle past the graveyard on that. I would add to it. And this is, I think this, again, the complicating factors. And I guess we've just decided like to hell with Ted Lasso. So let's move on. Um, no, but, but, but seriously, the, 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 the ability to critique even gets complicated, right? So, mm-hmm. like, there are people whose opinions I very much, um, and I'm thinking of one guy in particular who's like, and I'm sure we all have friends like this, who's like so super well read, and and just like I've never, I don't know that I've ever been around him and a novel got mentioned or whatever, you know, like even online where he didn't have at least some knowledge of it and probably had read it and he did not like Barbie like artistically and I have no reason to believe this guy is like eh, women shit like it isn't that he just had his issues with it I guess I didn't get into it with him but I found myself speaking of judging kind of bristling that he was saying that he didn't think it was great Right. Because somehow he was damaging women directors by saying that, which is fucking insane. Like you have to be able to like discuss the, But also that is a real thing of mine. So like when people would say about pick your black quarterback um, and for those who are not familiar with football and how this particular piece plays out. In American football, the quarterback position is seen as truly like they even say field general. Like they are viewed as a leader of not just the offense, but of the team. And so for many years, uh, black players were kept out of that position. And there is a, a, a reaction I sometimes have, even if legitimately a black quarterback, let's say, had a, had a bad game. I don't even want to get into specifics because it doesn't matter. Had a bad game or made a horrible mistake. Like this past weekend, I, you know, there was a play that was like, what the fuck were you looking at? But if I heard someone say, ah, oh, see, you can't read a defense, I wouldn't take that as a football critique, at least not totally. I would be like, hey, hey, watch your fucking mouth, which, by the way, it was a horrible goddamn read, <laughs> like, you know, like on its face. So there's a 
I don't know. There's a there's a there's a tricky piece that 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 emerges there, and uh, it's worth at least thinking about. I actually love so, not actually. I do that too much. I actually love. No, I just love. I love what you said about not being able to critique it properly because I saw mm-hmm. Barbie in the theater. I liked it. I did not love it. I thought it was good. Yes. Um, and I also thought that. I liked the movie more than the story, which is never a thing that happens for me. I always like oh, the story. I want to know what happens and then how it happens is secondary to me for me. And so in this one, I liked the movie. The story I, seemed okay. I am mind blown emoji right now because yeah, correct. <laughs> you just described my exact experience that I didn't know I had until you just yes. described it. Yeah, You're I right. thought I as- like the movie better than I like the story. You're right. Sorry. Yep. Ahead. And actually, um, interestingly enough, the last time I felt that same way was um, Black Klansman. Like the story I thought was really good. The way that Spike Lee did that, I was like, fuck yes. I yeah. am here for this shit. This is great. Um, but so I don't, whatever that is, there are times where I'm like, this movie is so good, even though I don't care about the story that much. Um, but with critiquing it, one of the things that came up, in a conversation I was having earlier this week because I'm kind of a nerd. Um, Henry David Thoreau, who famously wrote about self-reliance while he was staying at Walden Pond. Which, by the way, belonged to his good friend, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Not his land. He was being self-reliant. Not on his land. While also being self-reliant and living off the land, his mother was bringing in fresh laundry and food every week because he was being self-reliant. And he was teaching us about the importance of not depending on society. He was being self-reliant. That's fantastic. So the levels to that are that not only at that time were women not taught or encouraged to write and think in this way, they were often actively prevented from doing so. And also they needed to be physically taking care of the men who were writing about these things. And also they did not have a woman there to take care of their physical needs in order to free them up in order to do the mind expanding thought that is required to think, I don't need anybody. I'm going to live on my own. Oh, thank you for the sandwich, mommy. Like whatever it was that he was thinking, (gasps) women at the time would not have the (laughs) venue to do it in the same way. Wow. So our critique of him is he did this all by himself. That is not the reality of the situation. We have come to understand not just the work, but how he was doing that work in ways that are completely different from the reality of what did happen. And so when it comes to Barbie, you think like, well, Greta Gerwig, well, of course a woman could direct, like, of course you can. But it's the fact that a woman was given a blockbuster budget in order to make a movie on a toy IP that seemed impossible to adapt into a movie that wasn't a G.I. Joe, or I don't know, I think maybe at one point they were going to try to make Monopoly. Like, this was a difficult task for somebody who traditionally has not had the same had the same venues to success as other people, and she fucking blew it out of the water. She wrote it, and she directed it, and she did the fucking hell on both of those. And so I think that there's a difference between saying, this is not a movie that I loved, and saying this was a bad movie. This was yeah. maybe the best movie that came out last year. You might yeah. not have loved it the most, but it's right. probably the best. Yeah. And I think that having an ability to recognize that 
and also recognize that America Ferreira deserves all her shit because she gave the hell out of that speech and also acknowledging all of the flaws within the system. Like, you don't have to look at it just one way. There isn't just one answer. There's a complication to all of this that feeds into our overall understanding. Very true. Very true. Um, yeah, no, there's so many things that I liked about that boss. Um, and now, like, my ADHD just vanished. and I had 17 things to say, and I got nothing. Um <laughs> It, just, it, like, it all canceled each other out. It's like a lot of math just it's happened. So easy to make it's to so make the denominator zero. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Yeah. Now there's so so many so many good things that you just said. Um, God damn, I wish I could remember one of the points I was going to make. But um, was it was it sandwich mommy? Because that might go on a t-shirt too. Just sandwich mommy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, obviously. Oh, oh I know what the point was. No, 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 no. I, oh. I, I remembered one of them. One of them was I, I, I uh, give a check plus. I give an additional point of credit to uh, films or shows uh, that defy the odds, like, um, like when, when, for example, uh, the, the movie Clue was a board game. It's like a board game does not a great movie uh, uh, make. And so whenever someone takes them, like they just took like a product, like took a doll and out of the ether, they crafted now something that is uh, part of the public record that is like, you know, just, just again, whether you liked it or not, it had a vast societal impact. Um, and so I give it a little extra credit because I'm like, it was just a toy. Like it was just it, a doll, you know, it, it'd be like, it'd be like creating a groundbreaking series from an American ad campaign for soccer on NBC. Like that, that is exactly, like exactly, exactly right. It'd that's be exactly like that. right. There's no reason Ted Lasso. Yeah, no, it should not work. Should it's ever we, we, yeah. Oh, is that what no. we're talking about? <laughs> exactly. Okay. But no, it's, it's, it, it, this should have been. And, and interestingly, for those of you who are uh, exposed to American uh, commercials, the, the, the caveman is back. Um, in the Geico commercials in a way that actually has made me chuckle, which makes me concerned that I'm getting really old. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, 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 but it should have been the caveman show. We said this early on in our conversation that, that this has been, that this merits even our debate on whether was that classist or is this whatever, or is that an attack on the patriarchy that they even got this concept to the point where it merits this conversation is astounding. Like that is, that is an amazing feat that was pulled off by the creators of Ted Lasso. Yeah, no, 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 it, it, it is. Um, it, it's again, a check plus. I just give it more credit because I'm like, wow, this should not have, I feel yeah, like it's no, a gift because yeah. it's like, this could have easily been, I don't know, pick any one of like uh, a video game movies, for example, are a big, yeah, uh, why do video game movies apart. fail? Because because the lead when you play a video game is you. You are the main character. And then you right. have to tra- transfer that to something you're watching. And you're like, I would never do that. Like, what? I, I would never. And I definitely would have made that. So it's like, it's very difficult to capture, um, you know, the, the essence and the quality of a video game uh, on a screen where you depersonalize it. Um, but when it when it works, every once in a while you get a video game movie that works. and it's uh, it's amazing when it happens. So, um, yes, Barbie, Ted Lasso, Clue, these are all things that uh, 
classics that probably otherwise, you know, sort of beat the odds and, and we're all better for it. Um, I'm not pretending that Assassin's Creed is one of the movies that did well. Because I barely remember it. It was just fine. I only enjoy calling it Assassin's Creed because Michael Fassbender started in it. So it's not good, but it's sort of a half-attempted at a joke. In case you ever want to call it Assassin's Creed to your friends. Do you have those? I have. There's like probably, if I stop and really think of usually they come up and I think of them. There, I have like a list of almost jokes. I have, a, I swear to you, I'm not even <laughs> fucking around right now. <laughs> but I have a, like a list of things where I'm like, God damn it. How is that not a joke? Like, how is there not a joke well, there? Why don't I have a setup for, for Assassin's Creed? Right. Why do I just say it and think that people are going to laugh? But you're like, but, but, it's it's, but it, 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 it humors some part of me. So I keep going back to it. Like, Assassin's <laughs> Creed. Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but no, it just oh. yeah. I only but like it sh- because it differentiates between video game and movie. Assassin's Creed video game, Assassin's Creed is movie. Gotcha, mm-hmm. Coach. It's not for those of you who are just joining us. Uh, it's not a surprise. Coach is a, uh, a stand-up uh, comedian, so it's not shocking that he has a, uh, a notebook full of partials. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't know a, a comedian who doesn't have it, it constantly trying to update their, their their tight seven. You know, like even if they're uh, if it's subconscious. Yep. You know. Yep. And also, the ability to um, there are these wisps. There's a, a video game I play with these little floating lights in the darkness, and when a comedian catches a joke. It's like it's like catching these little wisps and, and floating in the dark because you're like because you get the because you get an inkling wait there's a joke there you know what I mean and then and then if you're like wait if I set it up and if it works God forbid co- coach will record the audience when he does a set and you when you hear it work you're like <sighs> oh my god it, right it is like it's it's yeah it's it, it's like it is truly like nothing else. It is like to, when a crowd really busts up at something you said. I, I, it's it's like a jolt of I don't know what. It's not even dopamine. Like it's like a whole other. It's insane. The, fir- yeah, the first the first the uh, first film where I had worked on where my jokes made it to the final cut, um, and we went to uh, see in the theaters when it came out, and I and I remember seeing. And I, I may have mentioned this one time or another. Um, I saw <laughs> I saw people rocking forward in their seats laughing so hard that they were shaking the row the seat row and i and i was like oh my god that happened like i you know what i mean like i started in my brain yeah yeah, like just just you know i can tell you the the wednesday i wrote it on you know it's 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 crazy um but to go from from theory to to practice especially because it's it's just nobody realizes how hard it is to to pull that that sort of thing off and you know to close the loop on the Greta Gerwig of it all to 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 direct a feature film, you're basically catching wisps in everybody else's performance and guiding those wisps and making sure that you edit. The, you're in the editing room trying to coach your editor, like, okay, no, no, we need this little beat. The edit, and editor, not taking nothing away from the editor. Editors are great, um, but together, you're you're sort of making that magic happen. And when it when it when it hits as hard as Barbie did. Um, it, it's tough to overlook, but apparently some people still could. 
Yeah. Um, Maybe not that hard. Right. We wish it. We wish it uh, wasn't. <laughs> wish wasn't it hadn't. Yeah. Had yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a that's a that's a perfect way to get into what we're actually supposed to talk about today, Coach. Which yes. is the we left off last time uh, with a scene about um, it was the crosscut scene uh, between Ted and Rebecca. Ted was experiencing the stuff of his father's suicide. Rebecca was, was catching her father in a. In an affair. We went through the text, but we only had time last time to to do the Ted side of it because it was something we really wanted. The reason we prioritized the Ted part was because Boss, we had been waiting to get Boss's take on it for a long time. Now we want to jump into the Rebecca side, um, and Rebecca was was chronicling. Um, uh, we we read through the text, um, and so. Uh, it, it was a again a a formative uh, episode in her life, something that solidified her feelings about her father and about um, cheaters and about uh, trust, and um, and informed her uh, ultimate rejection of uh, you know her own marital situation, and so um, where we pick it up is with. Uh, Rebecca and her mom, Deborah, and boss, can you, um, can you go and actually coach, can you be Deb and, Re- yeah. and boss, can you be Rebecca <clears throat> and let's just go, just do this little scene quickly and then we'll talk. I'm sorry, Rebecca, but I'm not as strong as you. I was too scared to leave him for good. You don't think I was scared leaving Rupert? I was terrified and rightly so, because let me tell you, being alone is fucking horrible but it's been necessary because it's actually started to feel rather wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Besides, Rupert is a self-righteous shit. Then why are you always so nice to him? Because, darling, the best way to deal with people like that is to make sure they know they can't get to you. Anyway, when all said and done, what's more important, being loving or being right? I was so proud of you when you left. You knew you deserved better. Now I've got a whole lot of baggage. When I love something, Sorry. Now I've got a whole lot of baggage. When I love something, I love it forever. And I loved your father. Even though he treated you like that? Yeah, he wasn't perfect. I didn't need him to be. He always came back. You know, I'm actually glad to hear that you hate me. All these years, I've thought you didn't feel anything for me. I'll take your anger over your indifference any day. Okay. All right. So how do we process? This is a, this is a Oh, coach. Oh, coach. He hates to see his woman hurt. <laughs> I'm like, he harmed her. He harmed her, you bastard! Well, they, there's a lot of dancing around concepts in the relationship between Deb and Rebecca, right? It's, it, there isn't as much... Rebecca feels like she's got a line on her mom. She does this, this, and this, right? And, and you know, she, and she sort of is able to predict her mom's behavior. Um, but her mom is sort of uh, slight in her dealings with Rebecca, not as engaged, um, even to the point where, um, you know, she doesn't know. Well, she says here, uh, I'm re- imagine being relieved that someone hated you, <laughs> like one of your children. Like that, that is a, that's a hell of a statement. 
Well, what I found interesting about that, number one, I understand exactly where Deborah came from. Like if what she was doing to Rupert, the way that she was behaving and saying, oh, Rupert, so lovely to see you. I don't give a fuck about you. I don't even care enough to be upset that you are trying to upset me is what Rebecca was inadvertently doing with Deborah. Rebecca was so removed from what Rebecca, so distant from Deborah Mm. that all she felt was apathy. She didn't feel any of the hatred because Rebecca had decided whenever Deborah left her husband in the first time, like after that, Rebecca decided I am not going to be involved in the drama of this. So you could leave him. You could go back. He could buy you a Tesla. I don't give a fuck. And that was what Deborah was picking up on was that Rebecca was that removed from it. Right. Right. And so knowing that actually the reason behind all this was because she was still so angry, at least meant that there was a connection between the two of them, mm-hmm. even if the connection is shitty. Mm-hmm. And we saw, we and, and interestingly, we, we saw when she ended up with, you know, a microwave, uh, a microwavable dinner and her mom got a new Tesla. <laughs> we saw the the moment where she was actually going to transition out of leave me the fuck out of it too. I really care about you. And there's something we need to talk about. Right. But we just, we like missed that opportunity because he showed up with the test lane time. So um, yeah, it, it made me, it makes me now even think about uh, the song. There's a thin line between love and hate. And it really is. And I do, I am of the opinion that love and hate are not opposites, that it really is love and indifference that, that are the opposites. And, and so I, I, I got this. To me, you know, I I probably share this with y'all, but I remember I was probably like a junior in high school, um, and we were talking about whatever we were talking about in English class, and I said, um, I'd rather be hated than forgotten. And oh, and, and I and and yeah, I remember my teacher being like, "Wow, like re- like yeah. like leaning forward, like we're not having class anymore. This just became an officially like interesting conversation I want to have." Um, but yeah, I, I meant it that I mean it now, like to, to be irrelevant yeah. to someone like that sucks. And I thought, you would rather be the, the ugly backstreet boy than the other one. Yes. Cause in every boy band, there's always the, the one that isn't hot. And then there's the other one that you can't. That even everybody's remember. like, what was that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Who was, so yes, I'd rather, yeah, I'd mm-hmm. rather be remembered as the, the ugly one than the, Oh, what was his name again? Yeah. Like that sucks to me, for me. The other one that can sing. Yes. Sometimes. That's what they bring to the table. But, right. Yeah. <laughs> they had like one of the legitimately good voice. Um, the, uh, this reminds me of like the, the, the typical disagreement between myself and boss. Like Rebecca's like, okay, so he cheated on you. So you leave. Like, th- like this is what I do. That's how, how everyone should do. And, and Deb's like, no, I don't need him to be. like, it's foreign to Rebecca. Mm-hmm. To have to hear the concept, I didn't need him to be perfect. Like, he wasn't perfect, and I didn't need him to be. I'm like, wait, what? Like, uh, that's that makes me uh, like my head hurt. Where I'm like, because like, well, it doesn't. It, uh, it feels like settling in one way, but it also feels like that she's evolved in another way. That she's so self aware that she's like, you know what I mean? Because again, I wouldn't wish settling on somebody. But then Boston's like, what? If they're happy settling, who are you to fuck to say whatever? That's that's mm-hmm. the, the whole thing. It can mm-hmm. be difficult when you know when you're Rebecca and you have this experience, especially 
especially when you had the experience and it's been so beneficial and you've grown in ways you never thought you could grow. Now you're coming through the other side of it and you're like, I would wish this on somebody else because they too can have this transformative, right? But maybe they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard to know. Or, or, or maybe they would. And maybe, maybe Deb had an understanding of her husband's shortcomings. Yeah, I did. That, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but really that, that, <laughs> so, but, but ugh. that would allow her to, I'm sure be hurt. I'm sure be sad, right? I'm sure be upset, which probably dealt with all this ping ponging back to I'm leaving him, I'm leaving him that was going on. Um, and to understand the broken parts of this guy that made him run and be with whoever it was who was so fucking wonderful that he always came back. So what are we even discussing? Like, wh- like if he always came back, mm-hmm. you would think like, obviously Deb in this, in the instance we're discussing, Deb is not the problem. Like if he just up and left her, you could argue that like, well, he decided that you're too flighty and nobody wants to deal with your crystals. Right. Okay, great. But that's not what happens. He goes, he does, he has his affair, he runs off with whatever new woman, then the newness of that wears off and he comes home. And and so that's about him. Yeah, it, that is about him. I, I think also, um, Castleton, one thing I need to interject here is, uh, in the words of Dan Savage, there is no settling down without settling for. Regardless of how wonderful the relationship Ooh, is. If you decide that you are going to be with one person for the rest of your life and you are not going to have any other romantic or sexual partners outside of that, you are going to accept the foibles that they come with. And for American society, one of the biggest issues is infidelity. You do not cheat. We will look down on you you cheat. We will do stories about couples where one partner cheated and they stayed together and we will run that on BuzzFeed, even though... Bill Clinton cheated on Hillary when I was in middle school. Like, we're still going to talk about that shit and still make that something that we come back to. I also knew a woman who I worked with in my early 20s who she and her fiance had secretly gotten married. And only after being married and getting a house together, did he confess to her that he had blown through their savings and put $50,000 on credit cards because he didn't have enough money to cover everything they needed. And she did not leave him. And nobody that we talked to that she told about this said, you have to leave him. Like, in my opinion, he had betrayed her in a way that was so much more significant than getting drunk and boning a chick at a bar. That was like inconceivable to me. Like, maybe. What did he actually, what was the thing that he did again? He took all of their money and spent it and put them into significant. Yeah, and that would be right, right. Distress. Yeah, that just happened to a, to a friend of a friend. Yeah, where a guy, the guy was addicted to day trading the, and liquidated oh, her oh, stuff. No. And, yeah, oh my god, they have three little kids and too, and you go, oh my god, like, what are you, what are you doing? So yeah. that that's one of the Bad. things. That's I I feel like I can be pretty forgiving for a lot of stuff. If I found out that my partner had cheated on me, I would not automatically walk out the door. Like we would discuss and figure out, and we would work on that. But do not fuck with my credit. Not actually. I want you to seem like you could, but don't actually do it. 
<laughs> I like it. I like it. And, <laughs> and you cannot have any children. Those are my only two rules, really. Like the only things that will send me actually packing for good forever, no question. Do not fucking ruin us financially. Do not have a child. Because I am not, I, I'm not playing stepmom. I'm not doing it. I fucking will leave. And those are my rules. And other people are allowed to have whatever rules they want. I think whatever works for you best. I think as we move into this a little bit more, Rebecca isn't actually upset that her dad was cheating. Rebecca is upset that she couldn't talk to anybody about this big secret that she thought had ruined their family. And so even in that, if Deborah knew he is going to cheat and he's going to come back, then she doesn't need to worry about it. Maybe she doesn't like it. Maybe it's not great. Right. Maybe your friends give her a side right. eye. Right. But there's no secrecy around that. She yeah. knows what's going to happen. He's going to go be a prick and then he's going to come back and then we will figure it out from there. Right. And I'm going to get a new car in the meantime. Right. You know, it's interesting. I, I, oh God, there's so much here. Um, because this is the, the parallel pains and the wounds and it's the same day. And yes, that's a mystical element of Ted Lasso. I like, I get why for some people it added to the like, come on, give me a fucking break of it. I get it. Get it. I liked it, but I get it. For me, why it really landed was this is when they were both abandoned. That Each of them yeah. was abandoned. Yeah, absolutely. And I can make the argument that I see the path to Ted forgiving and healing more clearly and, and more in a way that I could travel than Rebecca's. To me, to have something like that happen and to come back and to have him never mention it again, almost because he knows mom knows and mom knows mom knows and maybe neighbor lady with her legs in the air knows mom knows. Maybe everybody knows who knows, but the one motherfucker in all this who did not know was Rebecca. And so he left this traumatic thing sitting in her lap she comes back. I mean, my God, like that is that is a more profound for me to me, a more profound choice that represents abandonment. Like we talked last time and I thought you did a great job, boss, about talking about suicide, and thinking of those terms mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. There is no version of not having this conversation that I can view as anything but abandonment. Yes. You're a fucking yeah. parent. Like, you don't get to go like, oh, but it's going to be uncomfortable for me to admit that I was boning the neighbor. Like, what? Like, yes. I, I don't yep. give a fuck. Yep. I don't give a fuck about your comfort, sir. Like, what is this? Yes. Put yeah. on some wingtips and go talk to your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If it you're going to be uncomfortable, keep up, up God damn it. Um, no, actually, so strangely enough, um, a joke that I've made before, and I promise it's actually a joke, is that there is a freedom in things being so fucked up that you can't pretend that they aren't anymore. Yeah. That, like, in yeah. Waspy households, it's For like, sure. well, Dad had too many scotches, but everything is fine. Don't worry yeah. about, like, you 100%. have to keep the lid on. Where you're like, no, we're a totally fine family. And I'm like, yeah, but when your dad is having seizures due to alcohol withdrawal at your birthday party, like, that shit's out the window. Things are fucked up now. We can't be. We are. We are so far past that we. Can, this is um, mommy dearest. When Christina, the daughter, if you haven't seen it, it's fucking terrifying. Uh, Faye Dunaway comes in. 
She starts screaming at her kid about their wire hangers and she drags her from bed. She makes her clean the bathroom and she's like throwing comet all over the place. And after she's done losing her mind, Christina, the daughter is like standing there looking around at everything. And she just says, Jesus Christ. And it's not like, uh, this is terrible. She's just like, this is so fucked up what just happened. That So I think that in a weird way, the tragedy of Ted finding his dad dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound pushes it past the like, what, what, are we... Are we going to pretend this didn't happen? Because it, it fucking happened. Whereas Rebecca is still stuck in the, I can't tell her, right. she won't talk to me. Right. I'm just going to have to, I'm going to have to carry this. And stand here and pretend that I didn't just watch my dad. And pretend that everything is okay. Yeah. It's the artifice that sometimes yeah. is so much more difficult than the actual injury. Yeah. You know, in an interesting way, it's re-traumatizing, right? Like every single time those two were in a room together and he didn't say, hey, Rebecca, by the way, it was a new injury. It was reinforcing to her that this was not to be spoken of. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. I'm focusing on all the wrong things, uh, but God, why would you (laughs) why would you have an affair with your neighbor? Just seems like so much, <laughs> so much trouble. Right? There's so but, many choices like that yeah, that I think about all the time. I'm like, really? Oh That's what you did? <laughs> Jesus, bro. are you crazy? Like, like, yeah, I'm not uh, encouraging affairs, but that seems like it's always that, though, right? Like, it's 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 Rupert and like grab ass and with the assistants. I'm like, the world's a big, huge fucking place. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, but there's something nothing, about yeah. that. That yeah. The convenience of it, and having brought up, by the way, having brought up um, Clinton and 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 his uh, extramarital uh, escapades, the the number, the, another example of that, where it's like you are in the White House, you are in the room where Nixon was recorded and fucked up mm-hmm. his entire legacy. Mm-hmm. What made you think? this was a secret you were going to really be able to keep forever. Like that was a crazy fucking thing to do. That was, that was a crazy, that was, that, that was arguably worse than Rupert's choice because it was like, you are the president of the United States. And that is a white house intern. Like this is so fucked up and weird. And what are you doing that? I think, I feel like at a certain point, the very thing that made you say, why would you do that with your neighbor? And I say, but that's your assistant. And I say, that's the White House intern. And we go like, and therefore don't fucking do it. I think for that guy, and I will say that I think Rupert is absolutely supposed to be dad's shadow cast into, you know, Rebecca's life. For that guy, that part of it is that. Like, there's a whole thing going on now, and I'm not going to say whether it's true or not true. I'd heard rumors for years, and now it's starting to come out in regular media. But where Diddy has been a part of some pretty wild situations, including, as I was told in rumor, but now has come out more widely, having uh, male artists who wanted to get their careers off the ground and came to him uh, perform fellatio upon him in his office. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that I'd heard that one. Oh, yeah, no, no. And, like, now I've seen it, like, in print, so I'm like, okay, well, I'm not breaking news here. And and, and you just go, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? But 
I get the sense that just at a certain point, it's like the I can't get no satisfaction of the Rolling Stones. Like you've had all the champagne and you have all the money and you had this and you own a fucking Premier League team or whatever it is in your and you're president of the fucking United States. You could blow up the entire earth if you so chose in the next 15 minutes. And I think it all becomes a bore. And then you just like head into these odd directions for like the thrill of it. I, I, I don't know. Cause I'm not these guys and I haven't had that life, but really like that is, it's so like oftentimes my reaction to these stories is like, really? Like I get infidelity on a basic carnal level. I don't get why you chose to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, that's the point of it. Like when you were talking about Clinton in the Oval Office and how stupid it is, I go, that's the, that's the draw. Yeah. The, the draw is right. Everyone up, yeah, you know, FDR, whatever, presidents have signed at the resolute desk, but I'm going to get, I'm going to bang somebody. That's, that's the, you know what I mean? It's, 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 yeah, yeah. it's a different thing altogether. And, yeah. um, uh, yeah, it's not, um, I, I don't think, I'm not defending it. I, just, I, I, th- no, I think no, human, not, human, no, it's humans just are, like, they're super it's, messy it's, and miswired and, and, um, mm. or not, 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 it's not even miswired. It's like, we're all wired differently. And so someone might really understand that, uh, in a, in a decision making matrix, someone for every person that would say that's fucking nuts. You know, there may be, you know, one in a hundred that might be like, that's the, I get, you know, it. I, get I fucking get it. I really yeah. get it. Um, so yeah. I mean, comparing these two and you know, but is Rebecca's, then I hate you too for letting him treat you like that. Equivalent to, or at least in the ballpark of, well, put that shit on Hillary. I mean, Chris Rock had a whole bit about it, right? That he blames Hillary. She should have been the first one on her knees sucking that man's dick. I mean, this is a this is a real thing that was said. Like, I'm yeah, not it's a real like, thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, like, are, in a way, is Deb catching some of that? energy and then how much of it does she kind of have to own like she didn't think about the impact of having that kind of relationship with her child's father on the child she saw it as just like what she was dealing with but it's very clear right now that it is not just what she was dealing with and this poor kid has been like traumatized like she's talking to a a, in that moment as, as much as she says stop being a child and i do think it's significant that that's yeah. what like finally makes her record go. Oh, really? Stop being a child. Um, but yeah, she's talking to a teenage girl who's like, "Yes, what the fuck was that?" And to that point, I think that there is an issue here with Rebecca feeling that she needed to be the one to protect Deborah. Yes, in sort of a role reversal, yeah. she needed to take care of her mom and protect her mom from something. And then to find out yes. that she wasn't protecting Deborah from anything, Deborah knew, and Deborah was failing to protect her. That's right. That yes. That that I think more than anything else, that is the part. Like I suffered Great this point. so that you wouldn't have to deal with it. And then when I'm you wanted out. to deal with it, when you wanted to leave, you left and you went back. You wouldn't help me out then. And it turns out you knew this whole fucking time, and you didn't do anything for me then. Like. I have stepped up for you every single time and you mm-hmm. as my mother have failed to do that for me. Every single time. That's a great, yeah. And let's not forget that uh, when 
we opened the series, Ted Lasso, Rebecca was getting fucking dragged, even though Rupert was the one who was at the mm-hmm. end. Yep. Like mm-hmm. again, it's that it's that same. You know what I mean? Like like when we found Rebecca, mm-hmm. and when we we've 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 talked about this a lot. Like she was, you know, old Rebecca. She she was like she couldn't keep her man happy, and therefore, on some level, she deserved to lose yeah. him. Whatever that. Yeah. That yeah. insane concept well, she, is. Well, she aged <laughs> like women do. That, that, is, that is unforgivable. How yeah. No, it's crazy. Dare. Yeah. Yeah. That is. That's awful of her to have done that. Um, yeah. Uh, it's also interesting here to see uh, Rupert being a self-righteous shit um, and how people cope with this is this is this is, you know, when we talk about um you, the two of you will get in someone's face or let them know very clearly you don't like them, and I'll never ever give them the inclination, <laughs> and I would absolutely despise them, and I'm like, I don't want there to be any I don't want them to know they've gotten to me or anything, you know what I mean? It's, it's just a different way of operating, but it's funny because Rebecca should be able to discern this in her own mother. You know, you would think like, oh, I can read, I can read my you know, usually if you're close enough to someone and you see them smile, and, and you could say like, "Oh, I think they don't like you know." You know them well enough to just read between the lines a little bit. Um, it's funny that um, Rebecca's surprised by this. That she's like, "Oh, you don't like Rupert?" Like the best way to deal yes. with people like that is to make sure they know they can't get to you. Hmm. And I would say that that is part of not just the facade that Rebecca has put up or that Deborah has put up, but also that the way that those, the inability to be honest with each other has seriously impacted their relationship. They don't know the real other person because both of them have been hiding so many things for so long that they didn't want to be around each other to learn about each other. And they couldn't because they weren't being real with each other. Yeah. And, 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 and both in navigating this, man who's really the one and who seems to have been the most comfortable doing whatever fuck he wanted to do and and who has officially now that he is dead dealt with the least amount of the fallout of his actions and behavior and treatment of either or both of them so it's you know it, it, it's a it's a powerful piece and that the priest then comes in and says all right time to go out there and you know do the show <laughs> it's like oh wow Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, That's time now. Yeah. All right. We- now we have to go to a funeral. Right. We just had all of this. <laughs> right. And it's like Keely. It's like Keely's moment all over again. Now I've got to go out there. I'm mad. Now I got to go act sad. Yeah. Exactly. That's true. Do either of you have the uh, the thing when you love something, you love it forever? I thought about that line a lot. I I do have some of that to me. I do. There, there are people who like. Yeah, there are people who like I, you know, things went sour or whatever. But there's part of me that aches that that is how it played out. Like I would, I would probably go further and farther than most people would say is right if I thought there were an opportunity to mend it. So I do have some of that to me. Yeah. Um, have I told you guys the most romantic line in um movie history ever? Maybe I've mentioned it. it's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. No question. Maybe Absolutely. because I remember saying that I also love the movie, but go ahead. 
It's at the very last lines. Um, Clementine said, uh, Joel says, I can't see anything that I don't like about you. And Clementine says, but you will, but you will. And I'll get bored with you because that's what I do. And he says, okay. And she says, okay. And then they just decide like, yes, no, we will both eventually hate each other in some ways, but like, okay, let's, let's do this. Most romantic thing ever. I love it so much. What I, I get why you say that about that line. And and what I love about the way you frame it and the line is that I remember being at a wedding once and this, this pastor get taught having a really, you know, I've heard versions of this, but he really nailed it around like the difference between a wedding and a marriage. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think if there's something a little sad to me that that which we view as romantic and I get, you know, the history of the word and blah, blah, blah. But in terms of like the thing that makes us all go, oh, is the, the flowers and the pomp and the circumstance. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think some of the most beautiful moments in terms of like my own marriage have been moments where Daphne just kind of like got me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. That yeah, that's meant more to me than you know any number of sort of bigger moments that people might point to and say, oh well, that's you know, oh isn't that romantic? So I love, mm-hmm. I love to me that's the real stuff of yes. relationship. What you just described, yes, yeah. Do do not tell me that you will love me forever. Tell yeah. me that I could walk out on you tomorrow if I feel like it. That is what I am interested. in. That's so deep. It's really, it's, it's, <laughs> no, it really is. It's like, whew, I hear you and I get it. And I cannot say that out loud, man. That is, that is, that is serious stuff. That is serious. No, it's great. It's great, great, great. Well, because boss, you like the honesty of it. You like the, like, then it feels more, it doesn't feel like some phony yeah. baloney, you know, altruistic, overly romanticized notion of relationships. It's like, it's just more yeah, real like, or it, Well, not just more real. It, it, I, I don't want to say more real or more honest because if what you love is having your spouse tell you, I will love you forever until the end of time, that's good. Like whatever makes you happy, I'm happy with. Um, what I think is that even when you make a vow, you cannot keep it. Like, you can't promise that you'll keep it. Like I'll love you forever, Except maybe my feelings will change. I don't know. If I, if I could control that, I would, but I can't. So um, so instead of I will love you forever, it's more of a, I acknowledge that things are going to be really shitty at times, but it's more important for me to be with you right now and deal with the shit than not get to be with you. If if things turn shitty, this is worth it. I. Yes, to everything you just said in terms of like, man, this this is resonant and like it's given me a lot to think about. In 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 terms of the show, it it really makes me think of the moment where Ted finally sets um, Michelle free, and yeah. and he says because there's a lot in this sequence that really connects back to that, including I told myself I would never quit at anything and you could make you can draw a straight line from that moment in that episode to his moment with dr sharon i think i think yeah. ted probably could have kept it together on this front and continued as false as it might have been in certain ways but once he became his father in his yeah. experience of it we were gonna have now he's gonna have to face this thing 
Like that was mm-hmm. the that that was what that that was what um ended that that piece. But I guess what I you know I've shared my definition of love investment in the optimization of outcomes for someone or something. I'm so proud of that definition. And I think I can promise to love someone forever, even if I can't promise to be in love with them or together with them. And I think that's what she was saying to Ted. Ted, this isn't the end of love. This is the end of this marriage. This form for us right now, not a winner. And it doesn't work. It's not working. But it doesn't mean I don't love you. And it doesn't mean you don't love me. And it doesn't mean that we don't love our child. It doesn't mean any of those things. I think that's what's in the line of, but Ted, you're not quitting. You're setting me free. I think that's what she's saying is like, that's also a kind of love. Are you going to, you're going to hold me hostage here literally for the rest of my days? Because once upon a time, I thought I was going to be in love forever and now I'm not. Yeah. Um, So right before we started recording, I was talking about a couple I know who I think I know for a fact loved each other a tremendous amount. They were great together. Everybody was like, oh, perfect couple. Everybody fucking loves them. And they divorced a few years ago. And that was because they, before it got really bad, when they were just sort of not being the best versions of themselves for each other, called it. They were like, I, we actually care about each other so much that we need to divorce right now so that we don't get to a point where we hate each other. And I, yeah, yeah, that's fucking impressive. That is, to be able to do that is wild. Like to give up on this version of the relationship because you want to maintain something deeper than that is like really mature and really impressive. And I hope more people are able to move in that direction. Like if we end this part of the relationship, it doesn't mean we didn't love each other. It means we can't do this part anymore. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's powerful. I want to put in a tiny little plug. Have either of you seen the show State of the Union by any chance? Um, it is Chris O'Dowd mm-hmm. and Rosamund Pike. It's like just two people. So it's a little. Um, it's like a series of these of these little vignettes, kind of. It's like ten minutes each episode or twelve minutes, like something uh, very very short. It came out in two thousand nineteen, uh, directed by Stephen Frears, and and it's basically uh, Chris O'Dowd and Rosamund Pike are a couple. Uh, trying to work out their um, their relationship. And it's the 10 minutes or so that they meet in a coffee shop before they go into couples therapy. You never see the couples therapy. It's just like them meeting to hang out for a sec before they go in. And it's it's just really, really... There's two, two seasons. Um, uh, uh, the second season is um, Brendan Gleeson, who's like my favorite actor on the planet, um, and Patricia Clarkson. And second season uh, t- t- to me wasn't as interesting because Brendan Gleeson was like uh, sort of a, the opposite of whatever he is in real life. You know, it just wasn't, I wasn't as interested, but the first season, Chris, Chris O'Dowd and Rosamund Pike, I thought it was really well done. It's very British um, and Irish in Chris O'Dowd's case, uh, but it's um, the way they talk about certain things and infidelity and, and relationships. I thought it was clever. So, so yeah, it's again, just, just the 10 minutes before they go into, um, into therapy, before they go into couples therapy, you catch them getting a pint, uh, together. And, um, I thought it was clever. And, you know, in a world where 
these conversations are so often, I don't know, like not captured properly. I think this is a, a really good version of that. It was just really interesting and well done, um, well written, well acted, well directed. Um, Okay. One of the things I, I and I can keep going, but one of the things I've said to people about marriage, <clears throat> like because I've been asked now, you know, I've been married twenty five years at this point. I, I've I've somehow transitioned into the like, how'd you do it, uh, group. And one of the things I've said to people is like, marriage is about who's gonna wash the dishes. Like that's really like, and 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 it's some of what you were saying there, boss. Like, yes, sure, great. Valentine's Day, love it. Can be very sweet, can be very nice. But like, I, I, I find the other stuff. And to me, what you're describing, Coach, I just just sort of googled it. So I'm seeing, like, to me, that's what this is. Is like two people who do care, who probably are also kind of tired because life is fucking tiring, and they have jobs and they have other pain in the ass shit going on. And of course, you know, some money that they thought was going to come through didn't come through. So there's that stress. Like, I, I just think so much of relation of like. The real stuff is not the stuff we make movies about. And I think that's why it's so notable and interesting and um, intriguing when we come across someone who really does start to unearth those pieces and explore them. Yeah, the no, only thing I want to no. add to that is I, I was trying to find the exact tweet or whatever it was, a thread, a, a so, if that's what we're calling them. Um, but I remember somebody I read recently, uh, Rosamund Pike played the sweetest Jane Bennett ever recorded on film so that she could play the evilest, coldest bitches for the rest of her career. So I'm not sure where State of the Union fits into that, but it is a thing that I love about her. She was like, I'm going to do one, one rom-com and then I'm going to be Gone Girl. And she's amazing. And I love her. Yeah, no, she's great. Um, have, have either of you seen this is uh i just saw the um uh this the show it's a film uh you hurt my feelings have you seen that uh julia louis dreyfus and tobias menzies it's a nicole uh, hall center um written and directed movie um anyway. yes i i that i actually already have on my list because uh tobias menzies should not be able to get it in any way and he can in every single way imaginable for some reason I think it was after this way up that I'm just like, yes, what, Richard, whatever. He is, he is, yeah, he is. So it's funny because um, I'm, I'm just crazy about Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Juliana's crazy about Tobias Menzies. And we're both crazy about the other person too. Like they're just so beautiful and amazing. Everything they do uh, at Touch Turns of Gold. Um, and uh, it was interesting to see this. It's another take on a relationship. and. Um, yeah, uh, I wish we could uh, wish we could get people's input on it because I, I thought it was fascinating, and I just thought it was. Um, there's so many ways to write relationships where they're uh, where they end up being antagonistic or sort of uh, you know confrontational, and it's rare to see a relationship where people try to work work it like work it when there's an issue. And I thought that was a that was a real strength of, of the film. Anyway, um, Rebecca and Deborah are called out of the, uh, the back area of the church, and um, it's time for the funeral I, I, to start. Yes, I, again, in, in the commentary that the that the uh, priest thanks them for keeping their voices down. I thought, yes. 
Ooh, come on. I, I was like, that is nice. Nicely done, right? Like the patriarchy going, now that's the way to be nice ladies. Thank you. You forgot yourselves, didn't you, with your loud laughing and your in your sex talk. Um, so anyway, I thought, <laughs> I, I, just lo- I thought it was great. I just thought it was like a great final note of that. Yeah, no, that's a good point, Coach. Um, we get a lot. We get a lot of scenes, uh, little little shots, individual uh, sort of shots of the crowd. Uh, there's some there's some wide shots of people standing up as they uh, they say the um, uh, the Lord's Prayer. I think that is the proper proper uh, term for it, right? Um, uh, yes, that is correct. And um, then they sing "Amazing Grace." Why would you believe me on that? <laughs> that's really funny well, i just moved on i was like yeah yeah, yeah. we're all set but that's funny. why would you think that i should be the one to vouch for it uh yeah, no, i did just right, listen right. to you describe the ring of fire that forms around any house of worship <laughs> you try to enter so i guess you're the last person you're right who we should be trusting um there was a little beat uh at one point where everyone is sort of um saying uh just kind of sort of collectively saying whatever the words are and, and, and there's a shot of Colin looking really confused and just like looking around <laughs> like he's in a uh, like a culture like, I'm like what what is the how did you guys read that Colin be was he looking at Rupert because the first shot is Rupert uh, and no. no that's not what is he what is he well uh, Bex is breastfeeding yeah um, mm-hmm already plump as established by Deb baby uh, mm-hmm. during the service and just, you know, right there in the, in the pew, just bloop, here we go, which it was, I, I liked that he was not just seeing it in, in this moment. I like that he was not turned on so much as perplexed. And I kind of read it like he was like, okay, so I'm looking at a breast I'm not looking at a breast. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, I feel like he was trying to make, and is this, we're in church, we're at a funeral, I shouldn't be thinking about breasts right now. Like, I don't know. I may have, like, put a lot there, but his look to me was more perplexed than anything else. Like, he wasn't pleased right. or disgusted. He was just sort of yes. like, what is happening right now? Right. Okay. Um, and and then we get, um, uh, we get a, a few more crowd shots, and then the 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 priest uh, says, okay, now normally I'd have to fib about how well I knew the deceased, but in this case, I did know Paul very well. He came to church every weekend, sitting right over there, paying attention to every single word of the Richmond match he was listening to on his phone. Which is... Yeah, I, mean, I I didn't realize that the, the British could be that funny during funerals. I expected them to be a bit stuffier than this. Um, then we see we start uh, moving around the audience. We see Jamie and Isaac sitting next to each other, um, and uh, Danny is pulling. I guess slides his foot out and you know out of his. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned the shoes thing. I don't know if we've touched on that. Is there an issue with them? No, no, no actually, no. Um, mm-hmm. And um, uh, the woman behind him thinks he's crying for Rebecca's dad, which is uh, which is kind of adorable. Um, and the priest continues, I would never feel the need to chide Paul about this. It was a sign of his passion for his beloved sport, the commitment he showed to his team. Um, I, I, the shot here, I think, is a great directorial choice for that line. Because we have just 
been given a rather horrific accounting of Paul's misplaced passion and commitment. Mm -hmm. So he can be committed to AFC Richmond to the point of breaking societal rules, but he couldn't be committed to his wife nor his daughter and his passion went to the neighbor. So I just thought like that we're now getting a little peek. We're peeking between the two of them as if we're in the pew behind them for that line struck me as quite intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Good point, coach. Uh, they're the same passion and commitment. Uh, we, we see Rebecca, when she says that she, uh, uh, the commitment showed to his team, Rebecca kind of looks down. Uh, we see Sam f- sort of looking at her from a few pews away. Um, they're the same passion and commitment. The priest continues uh, a, a vicar. I think he's a vicar, not a priest, uh, which he showed as a husband and a father to his family as well. Uh, yes. Now we see, uh, Keely looking at Royce. She's seemingly still, uh, sort of annoyed, annoyed, uh, uh, annoyed with Roy. Um, a little bit, it seems that way. Um, and we got, you know, shots of, shots of uh, the team. And, um, now the vicar says, um, now we hear, now we will hear a eulogy from Paul's daughter, Rebecca. Uh, now walk us through, uh, the rest of this coach. Um, so she glances before getting up. We know that this is officially a thing. I certainly left that back room area thinking, yes, she's going to do it. But I think there's still a little bit of question left. Uh, Rebecca does stand. Oh, Beard hangs up the phone on Jane, which I thought did two things. I think it said, yes, Beard and Jane are on their own wavelength, but he like, they're not outside of all society. Like he realizes like that's someone I care about, about to eulogize their father. Like we're done with FaceTime now. Um, so I thought that was cool. Um, so I thought it spoke to their, I thought it spoke to the Jane relationship and it spoke to who Beard is and it spoke to the Rebecca Beard connection. Um, and then Rebecca gets up. I don't really know what to say. Um, I have eulogized my father. So I was definitely, um, feeling her at that moment. I had my shit written out and I still felt like I was confused. Um, and then Ted, so at this moment, Ted suddenly arrives. Everybody turns around as you would. It's a quiet church and you hear the creak of the door and the door closing and all that. And everyone turns back, looks around, but there are smiles. Like even, I don't know that anybody was sitting there going, where the fuck's Ted? Where's Ted? But the family wasn't complete at that moment. And then so it was like, okay, we're all here now. We're actually all actually here. So I thought that was cool. And that Ted makes eye, con- eye contact with Rebecca and says hello with a, a salute. And it's almost, there's a, a little bit of, to me, to my eye, healing in Rebecca's face. Like, Wow. Like a higher order version of none of them are wearing trainers. And he sits down, looks around and we see Rupert look back at him. And then Rupert turning around with this look of disgust on his face. And so in an episode, I think is all about how we do and don't show up, who's been abandoned, who's been taken care of, who's been protected, right? Here's Rupert. Showed up early, not on time, showed up early, was not there for Rebecca, was literally not there for Rebecca. 
Ted showed up late, but we know what he's gone through to be there and absolutely showed up there for Rebecca. And Rebecca at this point has the level of discernment and emotional intelligence and, and growth that she's gone through that she is perfectly clear as to which one of them is there for her and which one of them is not. Which one of them is a reflection of the abandonment she got from her father and which one is a new and different kind of relationship that's part of the new wonderful version of her life that's not easy, but is wonderful in its own way. So I I, I felt like there was a, a ton... Um, a ton going on in there. I also think it matters that Ted for all that we just saw him go through was like, and now I've got to hustle my ass over to this church. I got to get over there. If you, if later on he had said to Rebecca, Hey, you know, with the problems I've been having, I had a, da da da. Dr. Sharon came over. I went and took a fucking nap. I was like, it was terrible. I'm sorry. Rebecca's going to understand. But that's not the point. The point is, like, I am together enough to finish putting on my fucking tie and go support my friend. So off I go. Yes. Um, so there's a lot built into this moment. I mean, me. you, you look at intent, right? And you say, people know Ted so well at this point. They're like, if he was late, he had to be late. Like, there's no 100%. nobody that would, no one would doubt his that his intent was to be there for, for Rebecca and for everyone else. Um you look at Rupert and everybody knows his intent is to just stick it up somebody's ass, right? It's just, it's just to cause trouble. He's a, he's a creature of chaos. Um, and um, so again, you look at that and it, which is nice also uh, as someone with, with tremendous social anxiety, especially I talk about how it really rears itself, like entering a room or, you know, especially yes. if, like, that's so rough. so walking in late, <laughs> this is like, I, I like got a little choked it's at watching nightmare. everybody turn. It's right? a nightmare. And he's it is so, a little nightmare. Right? Yeah. Ugh. And he's so good natured. It's like he does this little double wave thing and everybody smiles. People are like, oh, yeah, that's. Ten. And I'm like, oh, my God, like just to have the. Yeah, because he's got other things, especially right now that he's contending with. Um, but when you know who someone is, you can you can kind of roll past it. Um and, and accept them for, you know, meet them where they are. Uh, boss, are you going to say something? It, well, just a little bit with that. I absolutely understand where you're coming from with the intent thing. Um, one of the things that I have heard before is if somebody accidentally steps on your foot, like, of course, they didn't mean to, but your foot is still hurt. Like, the, the intent doesn't negate the action itself or the outcome. And the only reason that I bring that up is because in this scene, Ted is showing up. He didn't mean to be late. He didn't want to be late. He wanted to be on time. He wanted to be there. When he couldn't make it on time, he wanted to be there as soon as he could. His intention was to be there to take care of Rebecca. Sort of juxtaposed to Deborah saying, I couldn't show up for you because I'm not strong the way that you are. I couldn't leave him. I'm not strong the way that you are. And so Deborah's intention wasn't to hurt Rebecca, but she accidentally did. And so I just, as much as I do want to take into account the intention that, uh, if somebody walked over and like slammed on my foot and then was like, oh, sorry, I'd be like, no, what the fuck do you mean? Sorry, you did that on purpose and you hurt my fucking foot. I do feel like you always need to weigh those things, but 
it can happen in both directions. When you don't mean to hurt somebody, sometimes you can. When you want to be nice to somebody, sometimes it doesn't always work its way through. Very true. Very true. Um, once uh, Ted gets seated, now there's no more distractions for Rebecca, and she's got to say the eulogy. Uh, everyone's what? Lots of singles of people mm-hmm. looking at her mother. You know, everyone's just looking at her. And and what happens here, Coach? Um, um, my father was. Um, we're no strangers to love. You know the rules. And so do I. And she really. Oh God, this was so good. Um. I know Coach wants me to sing the whole thing. Look at him. He's like, I said it. <laughs> but no, really, I will. I will sing more of it. I promise. But how far into her saying the lyrics did it take you to go, oh my God, she's doing the lyrics? Because I, I, I think I, I, I had did it. Most of the no people in the music. Did you? Because I, oh, oh, I, I did, the, I, I did yeah. the furrowed brow, and it was when she went, and so do I. That I went, oh, my God. They're going to do it. <laughs> They're going to do it. So, yeah, I thought that was, yeah. I, I was like a brilliant piece of writing and the performance is off the charts. So um, she continues, full commitment is what I'm thinking of. And it's still in her throat. It's held in. It's the only thing she can get to come out, apparently. Um, wouldn't get this from any other guy. And then a, with a little more force as she picks up a little bit and people are trying to figure out what the fuck is she losing it? Like, I, that's the sense I get. Like, that people are looking th- around. Like, this, you're looking at a nervous breakdown is what. Yeah, that, right? right. Like, you're going like, oh, like Rebecca has completely come un- unhinged now. Like, what is happening? And then never going to make you cry. Never gonna say, and then she can't go on. And I, I was hit hard by this. Um, and yeah, there's story I could tell, but th- 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 that moment of actually, that is, I have actually been in front of a church singing a song after someone died and couldn't finish. Like that is a this this actually happened to me in my life. Not my, it wasn't my father, but this has happened to me in my life. What just happened to Rebecca? was like, oh, I can't keep singing. Like, I am officially crying now. And um, Ted. Oh, wait, hold on. The um, reaction. The reaction when she stopped. I, you you could feel people react with her, right? Like, it was like, oh. yeah, like, it's like a gut punch. People yeah, drop their I'm, heads. And also think about how we all know Rebecca, right? Like, Rebecca called god about a headline you know what i mean like i mean we joke about it but like i would love to watch you arm wrestle with michelle obama like rebecca walks down the hall and it's like whoa like here she comes and to see her sort of just be a puddle in this moment is a lot to take in like particularly her and um then ted from the back of the church where he's taking his place continues it for her Joins her, really. Never gonna say goodbye. Never gonna tell a lie and hurt you. And Keely gets it. And Ted encourages everyone else to join in. But here's one thing I wanted to say about like the, the nuances of being there for someone. 
There's a version of this scene that I'm sure I would have liked to, but that I wouldn't have known I missed out on this version, where Ted then stands up and walks down the aisle, and he and Rebecca finish the song together, and wow, isn't Ted great? What a great whatever. Like, he's, you know, he stood up and he stood by. But it wasn't about him. And he knew, like, and he didn't intend for it to be about him. He was just helping her get through it. And once he was done coaching her, she was all good. He didn't need anybody to say, like, hey, good job helping her out there, Ted. Like, it was over. Like, that's what he does. He frees people. And in this moment, he freed his friend. Like, he, you, you just need a little help over this hump. You got it from here. And then encouraged others, like, yeah, come on, community. Like, it's time for us all to, like, take care of her now. Um, so anyway, I, I, I thought the way they played this out, in addition to using that, something that we all know, have all rolled our eyes at, whatever, and to make it this powerful, but also to not have, not make it a Ted Lasso moment, even though the show is Ted Lasso, I thought showed like a real sense of like nuance and sensitivity about where Rebecca is in this moment. Just for the listeners at home. Yes, everything that you just said, but the grimace that I accidentally let loose when Coach talked about Ted walking to down the aisle to the altar. Like, I, I saw that. My, I was like, I want to hear this, so go ahead. Oh, no, I just, I imagined it in my skin crawled. I was like, oh, don't put that out in the universe. <laughs> Do not secret that. I cannot handle that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, can't you think of yeah. a, a thousand shows you've watched where that is 100% oh, where this would have gone? Absolutely. Oh, not a thousand shows that I watch because I, <laughs> at, the, at, at the age of eight, when I saw two right. houses, two episodes of Full House and they were like, here comes the music that shows everything good. I was like, I'm fucking out. This is what, what is this saccharine bullshit? I love that. I I'm love fucking it. done. Danny I love, I love it. I love, I love just picturing little mini boss in, in that mirror going, Happily ever after, go fuck yourself. Like, whoa, whoa, little lady. No, that's exactly right. I grabbed my smokes off the counter. I'm like, oh, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. No one outside. We've talked about you. Uh, we've talked about you smoking on story carpet. Yeah, it was yeah, such the, squares. The, uh, the moment where Rebecca does the, like, you can stop it before the little back and forth before they're never going to give, never going to give. And they do give you up back. To yeah. Her. Yeah. I didn't need that, but it was, I was fine. No, but yeah, I no, 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 no. I actually, I actually kind of liked the choice. It's, it's a little, it's a little sweetie pie, but uh, it, it is saccharine in that, in that similar way. But I liked the fact that it was a sort of, what do they call that? Call and respond or whatever kind of, there's that moment where it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's, it's like it gave everybody. And also, to have a knowledge of the song enough to say that it's not like there were lyrics up on the, you know, it's like everybody kind of, knows right, the right, song. right. Um, but, and, and but yeah, I, 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 I did love that it was communal. I mean, they show everyone saying it, they show those smiles. If you've ever had a moment where like it's deep sadness, but something that makes you smile happens. Right. Like I thought they captured that well. And she says, thank you at the end, which I, no, listen, I, boss, you were okay with this scene. I, I, I actually really liked it. I got emotional. I thought it was, um, you know, again, this is one of those Disney moments where you could like check out, you know, you could be like, Oh God, 
Um, but for some reason, I, I didn't anyway. Uh, I, I was floating in the middle on a lot of uh, uh, season two, but um, I thought this was, was sweet. And I think people have such a... Uh, it's such a complicated relationship with, with death. Like everybody, it's so universally complicated that a moment of like, yeah, it's a community. Like, I don't want to say synergy. That's like a corporate jargon bullshit word, but like, oh, it's, it's, it's sad because it's been taken over, but it, it is that in this moment, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, it, I thought that was, it was beautiful. And I, I loved that she, she thanked them because it wasn't a breakdown. It was a breakthrough. Yeah. Seriously, is that what actually. it was? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Like, I know that's a thing people say, and I was being a little silly, but seriously, it was a breakthrough because it, it, it was her opportunity. Her mother says it to her and she answers the question, what's more important to be loving or to be right? And I think she, in this moment, not only does she answer it. Yes. I, for me, it is more important to be loving right now. But also, in her choice to be loving, she was able to experience a moment with her community of healing that would not have happened if she had stood up there and said, my father was born here, he had this many siblings, he worked over here, he built this, he made this much, right? Because she expressed herself as honestly as she could in that moment. And offered herself up to them, then they could say, then they could embrace like the real Rebecca and actually comfort her. Like that was a thing that could actually happen because they were actually encountering the real Rebecca, not the finished, you know, stiff upper lip, whatever version that we've, you know, that we see otherwise. I, I'm always amazed by, uh, by, by good representations of funerals or things that try to break a little bit of the, rigidity of it because you go to these if, if you attend any you get to a certain age and you've, you've been to a few and they all it very rarely does anything you know the ones that you remember the one the people that were really really close to you but if you're sort of going to other ones it can be very by the book and scripted and not a whole lot to actually honor the you know the, the like the the how interesting the person was or the scope of their life or you know what i mean um and uh, there was this, I don't know if you, either of you have seen the show Hacks. Um, uh, Gene Smart plays uh, this yeah. comedian, Deborah Vance, and she does this great thing. She takes, she kind of takes over a funeral at one point, and you go, oh, my God. Like, it was so much better. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's so much better to, mm-hmm. to do it that way, you know, to make it, mm-hmm. like, a, actually about the person. And I think she starts yeah. off and says, like, uh, what's the drunkest you ever saw this guy or whatever? You know what I mean? And then people are like so alarmed, you know, because at first it was just by the book. And then she got up there and was like, tell me, you know, what's the most fun you ever had with the deceased? Like, wh- and, it, and it totally changed the mood and the vibe and um, made it more about the person than sometimes the ritual is a protective measure to insulate people from the, I don't say sometimes it usually is, um, from the from the the heartache and and, and the misery and, and the reality of death uh, and mortality. So um, so yeah. Anyway, this was uh, the Ted Lasso version. Um, it was a, a, a beautiful moment. And again, for the people that love Rebecca, once she has this moment, she kind of d- d- sort of sort of wipes some tears away. Her mom is beaming. Uh, Sassy is beaming. You know what I mean? These people who love Sam. 
Keely, Ted, like the people that adore her. Um, you know, you have the sense it's going to be a very uh, memorable moment for all of them collectively. And um, yeah, it's a it's a nice choice. All right, we're going to leave it to that. We're going to leave it right there uh, today. Um, we'll pick it up uh, after uh, for next episode. We'll pick it up in the receiving line. Uh, Coach, where do people find you if they want to find you? We align. So that's wealign.alignp.com. Our community, it's growing. Good things are happening. Come through and be your best self, living your best life. Awesome. And boss, what about you? Um, so I'm going to plug only threads because the non-threads place, I'm not interested anymore. So it's emily.chambers.31 at threads. I am also at Blue Sky, which is Emily Chambers. You can't catch me there or message me there, um, but I'm sort of not going back to the other place. Um, also, I'm hoping sometime this week writing at The Antagonist, which is antagonistblog.com, but still trying to put together my thoughts on that. So I can't make any promises. I write a lot about time travel. You could go look up some of the other stuff. It stays good forever because it's time travel. Yeah. Thank you, boss. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about listening, people listening to this years in the future um, and hearing how many social media platforms that, Oh my had. God. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's almost like, Oh God, my I wish, God. I wish there was like yeah. a PBS of social media platforms. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where uh-huh. you could be like, mm-hmm. all right, it's uh-huh. just a, it's not controlled by some tech bro megalomaniac yeah. or whatever. It's just like something more stable. Um, obviously, terrifying to put it under governmental control in, in many ways but you think like i'm just like oh god when we look back on this it would be your yeah. twitter then you say oh now twitter is gone and it's the thing now we don't want to talk about it right and now it's has a name no, that nobody calls it and then we tried blue sky and we, now we're a threat and so it's it's what a conundrum it's wild yeah i i i saw i can't remember who it was but i think somebody posted something about here's my handle at mastodon another place we could both forget I exist in one week. And I'm like, yep, no, that's it. That's we're both going to forget about that next week. Sounds good. I mean, there's post Macedon. Somebody mentioned post. Something about a whale. Is there a whale somewhere that's sending out messages for us? Like just one massive magical whale. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I I think there's a whale. It doesn't matter. So, I think so, if I told, I think if next week I said, yeah, you guys could catch me on Dribby at Emily Chambers, you'd be like, oh, is that, is that a place? Should I be checking that out? A hundred percent. Let me be, let me make myself clear. <laughs> you, if you said that, I'd be like, and that's one more code, I guess I need Emily to send me. I have no, I am so like finished and, and the old man in me, cause we need to extend this, but the old man in me is 100% now just like. I'm on Facebook. If you want to find me, that's where I am. I give up. Sorry, I'm, I'm over. It's over. I, I can't. I can't yeah. keep moving. I'm not. I can't do it. I don't have yeah, it in me. I know, but I hate that because I, I don't know, like I that know, platform. I know. And I don't I like know. the owners. And yeah, she just go. Anyway, but yes, uh, I get it. No, no, I get it. I get it. You got to balance it. Anyway, um, uh, catch me on Dribby. Um, and um, and uh, my doorbell's ringing. So we're Richmond till we die. I love you. Goodbye. That was awesome. <laughs> My coach. <God. laughs> <laughs> coach, let's, I love it. Let's leave it there. That was uh that was uh <laughs> it's, good. it's a good 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 moment to end on. Um unless you want to sing another line from 
from uh, Never Gonna Tell a Lie oh, and Hurt God. You. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this should just be a podcast where we listen to you sing. I swear to God. I don't know why we I do anything else. Y'all. I appreciate um, y'all. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, please support your local libraries in the written word. And until next time, we are. I made it back in time. We're Richmond till we die. Thank you. All right, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see you next time. The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and the Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.